Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz. Good morning and welcome to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. I'm Jeff Lagerman along with uh, my uh, Mossy Oak Pro staffer, Kevin Favor. Morning, Kevin. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Man, I'm doing good. It, you know, I, 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 I'm guilty. I have to admit, I, I'm going through our affiliates. Yeah. And I just saw where we're in Boone, Iowa. Is that is that right, Chris? Yeah, that's correct. Wow. Boone, Iowa. Man. You think we can get an invite? Yeah, if anybody that's <laughs> living in Boone, yeah, Iowa. Can, can we suck up a little bit here? <laughs> it's got a big deer that uh, really wants, <laughs> wants to have us come out and see if we can get it. Nice. Yeah, give us nice. a call. Uh, you know, because. And we're thinking about that because both you and I yeah. are kind of in that mode. You know, yes, we're, we are. We're preparing for the deer season. You know, to go back a little bit and kind of talk about the uh, the superstar summer that we've had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the founder and CEO of Mossy Oak, Toxie Hayes, yep. had, had said something that, I mean, it really sticks with me because it's true. He said there's really two seasons. He said there's hunting season and then there's getting ready for hunting season. Right, right. And I, last weekend, uh, was part of the show kind of through recorded uh, stuff that we had done with Cus Strickland, the world-famous Cus Strickland, who's mm-hmm. a great guy. But last weekend was my work weekend, mm-hmm. and this weekend is your work weekend, and we're talking about work weekends to get to getting ready for sure. hunting season. You know, where you, the guys that you hunt with, you get together, and you tweak stands, you adjust stands, you you clean access routes, you clean shooting lanes, and all of that. Ugh. And it's the time of year where most people don't want to have to do it because it's in the summertime and it's hot. Right. Right, and and you know, especially for me, and and, and I don't know what it is. You, you know, I grew up in Florida. I grew up around poison ivy my whole life, mm-hmm. and it, it, I have never had it. There is something up in Georgia that eats me alive. And so, so when I go in the woods today, it's long sleeve shirt, jeans, boots. Yep. You know, I mean, and, it, and it's hot. And it's hot. So you know? long sleeve, uh, yeah, tees and boots. And see, I, I I don't have really anything in the woods that really gets me. So I mean, I'm. Typically wearing shorts, yeah, snake boots, yep. Because I'm like look me, sexy. me and Cuz are in the same boat, you know. I, I don't like snakes, you know. So uh, got snake boots going, short sleeve t-shirt. Uh, the one thing that I, I wish I wore last week was some kind of gloves, yeah, in the woods because you know when you're uh, you know, using a machete and a pole That's saw right. and dragging limbs and moving things, you know. I mean, I've got cuts and scrapes and everything all over my hands. Yep. And uh, got a small burn on my leg, you know, being safe. Uh-huh. Uh, and, I, you know, me and you and Kirk, because of a lot of states are, are requiring this bow hunter education class. Right. We, we all took it a few weeks ago with, yep. with our uh, local uh, uh, hunter education coordinator, Ricky Rowland. Uh-huh. And we learned a lot in this course. At least I, I did. You know, one, and I have to tell you something. I found that course was harder than the Hunter Ed course. Way harder. 
Yeah, way harder yeah. and more specific. But yeah. I mean, I really and, and what I've learned the most out of that bow hunter class that I really applied last weekend was stand safety. Right. And and so what I did is is you know we've got uh, tripods and some permanent stands and some ladder stands and we've got climbers and lock-ons. But you know the climbers and lock-ons don't put up until a little bit later. Right. The the more permanent fixture stands, the ladders and such, you know, are up, and we checked them all. And with a ladder stand, what I learned is is that about the safety factor and about using those ropes that make the X behind the tree before you get that ratchet on. Right. And so I went to a – we actually have a northern tool close to me and you here in uh-huh. town and went there and I bought that uh, polypropylene, you know, heavy-duty rope. Yeah. And it comes in a big bundle. And when you cut it, it frays real bad. And when it frays real bad, you'd like to melt the end of it uh-huh. so that it, it doesn't keep fraying and all of a sudden deteriorate to where it loses the strength. Right. And so I got scrapes, I got cuts, and then, you know, I'm, we're, and we're using these ropes to, to put on the ladder stand uh-huh. and then making that X behind the tree and having uh, that tied to the ladder so that when you do climb the ladder stand, it's got some so, anchor. Right. And then you get up there and you put the ratchet strap on. And with a safety harness, you know, and all that kind of stuff. You, and uh, what do mm-hmm. we call that thing that goes around your waist? Uh, uh, lineman's belt. L- lineman's belt. Yep. And uh, and so, and then once we got up there and got the rats secure, then we would put a piece of that rope for the haul line. Mm-hmm. You know, to haul up your gear in the stand, gear, gun, bow, whatever it may be. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm melting the end of a cut haul line uh-huh. to leave on the stand. And I'm sitting there and I'm melting it over my, my waist as I'm sitting on the platform of the stand. I said, I better move this so in case it drips, it doesn't land on me. <laughs> and as soon as I went to move it, a drip fell right on my thigh. Ah. Ooh. And that stuff is like liquid. Yes, it is. Oh, it, it got right on my leg. And I, I, man, I all of a sudden skin just turned white immediately. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah. Now I got a burn to add to all just the, all the other stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the good thing is, is that, um, last week, um, I had a couple um, cancellations with with charters, and so I got a jump on it last week. I, I just went up there and, and got on the tractor for two days, mm-hmm. and at least got you know the, the mowing part done, which is probably the most time consuming oh, yeah. part of, of of what we do. Um, and then you know today, tomorrow, and Monday, literally, like you said, we're we're gonna we're gonna move stands, um, or or put stands back up. We took most of our stands down, and and then you know our ladder stands and stuff like that that are in permanent spots. Um, and, and Jeff, you and I talked about this last year. Um, you know, we, you and I, uh, have a lot of family tradition stands. Um, uh, and, and, and so whenever you check those stands, the, the straps that go around yes. those trees, um, the, the hooks, the hooks that, that go back into the ladder stand itself, mm-hmm. we found two of ours that were busted, that were broke. The hooks were broke. Yes. Um, the so hooks from the ratchet. The, yeah, the hooks from the yeah. ratchet were broke. You know, so I mean, th- th- those are things that um, that you just have to. You, know, you really, really got really yeah, yeah. to look at close. And you know what I do? Yeah. I, what I've gotten to the point now is that you know I, I don't want to say I'm paranoid about, but I'm I'm very stringent on safety. Yeah. And so what Absolutely. I do typically is after a year or two, I'll put a second ratchet ratchet strap on a ladder stand. Mm-hmm. And leave the first one on there. Yeah. Come back a couple years later, 
cut that original one off, right, and then put a, another second one on. So it's always always yeah. has two. They're not that expensive. No, and that's that's you know. the whole point of the thing is that they're they're not expensive enough not not to go ahead and replace my you know yep. that Northern Tool that you could buy a, a pack of like four or five ratchet strap right. for you know seven bucks or something. I mean, seven, eight dollars, ten dollars, whatever it may be, yeah. depending on the quality of the ratchet strap. I mean, that's a small price to pay for a little peace of mind in the stand and, and for your safety. Sure. You know, so sure. there's no question. So, I mean, that, that, that's what we did last weekend. And, and much like you spent time on the tractor, spent a lot of time on the tractor, you know, in the food plots that, that I have, uh, the clover has pretty much started to wane out from the heat because it's not an annual; it's a perennial. Right. And so, mowing the food plots so that you you get a rain after you mow, and then the plants will start to regrow. And by mowing, what you're doing is a lot of food plots. You know, you get the weeds that are knee high, and by mowing, then I'm going to come back a couple weeks later and spray Roundup, and then. That will kill everything in a couple of weeks, you know, down to the root, you know, in two to three weeks. And then I'll come back and start turning mm-hmm. to get the soil turning. Typically, I don't turn every year because I've got a grain drill that I can use. Right. And so, but this year I'm going to go ahead and turn. And so, but, but the key to mowing before you spray a food plot with Roundup is it allows that Roundup to not get hung up on the tall weeds. Right. It allows it to reach everything at the same level. And so that's what we did last weekend. We did some mowing. We did, you know, tree stands. We did lemon of trees that are hanging over trails and roads, you know, so that you can get equipment and yourself in there without getting bushwhacked in the face, <laughs> trimming, shooting lanes. I mean, it was, you know, last, last week, uh, four days up in the woods. And the first day was about a seven hour day. The second and third days were 12 hour days from basically seven in the morning until seven at night with a short break for lunch. Uh-huh. And then the third day was you, about four and a half. Were you cracking the whip? You know, I, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, yeah. Since we're here, yeah. I mean, <laughs> since we're here, you know, let's go ahead and do this. And, and you know, and that's, that's the nice thing is once you, once you leave to go do something in the woods, carry everything that you may need. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether it be pole saws, limb saws, cooler, cooler with yep. plenty of water. Plenty of water, absolutely. We had that. Uh, uh, Tools to fix deer, deer stands or to, re- and we, what we did this year, we replaced a lot of the pins on the big game ladder stands with bolts. Okay. Because the pins are so noisy. They are flipping noisy. And those little tinks that yeah, they'll make by hitting crazy. them. Yes, sir. Well, well, I Absolutely re- drives me crazy. Don't have, don't have those little right. pins anymore. God, it's all, yeah, it's all now that. bolts. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the good thing about the family traditions. You don't it, have they're, it. They're all bolts. Well, and, they're, they're, and it's real, real light and easy to move. Yeah. Yeah. But the only thing that I don't, don't like about the family tradition ladder stand is the way it attaches Ab- to the tree. Absolutely. 100%. It's got a flat, flat bladed with teeth, uh, that, you know, you ratchet that to the tree. Yep. Whereas the big games and the ones that we have altered, we have put like boomerang V shaped blades yep. and replaced some of them on the family traditions where you actually have two points of contact on the tree that's just i wish that, that, that we had the, the some way of doing that because we don't i mean but I, I'm, I'm right with you it, it drives me crazy because it, it'll lean yeah and that's that's the one complaint i mean i love family tradition stands yep yep the because that I mean to me they make a great product 
Yeah. The only complaint that I have about them is the way that that blade attaches to the tree and that it's a flat blade. If you have somebody that has a, a plasma cutter and can make you a V-shaped, a, yeah. a very open V, to where you've got two points that are touching the tree with that ratchet strap instead of just one, that rockiness of the ladder stand completely disappears. Right. And and it's not that hard to do if somebody's got a plasma cutter. <laughs> yeah, we just got those all over the property. Dude, we got a double wide and a pole barn, okay? <laughs> but that's what you're supposed to have. So. Yeah, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know it's going to be hot. but We uh, we actually, Kevin, I know, I know this weekend, yep. and, and boy, across the country, it's been hot. <gasps> I, I talked to uh, uh, my buddy Ed up in Montreal, Canada, uh-huh. and they were triple digits. And, buddy, I talked to Kevin Tiobin. In Dodge City, Kansas, and he said it's the driest, hottest he's ever seen it. It's 108. Whew. Not heat index. It was 108. Well, hey, hey, you think those the, the our listeners in Boone, Iowa, were hot? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're talking about record temperatures in Iowa. I mean, so all any and my mom spends the summers yeah up in Detroit Lake, Minnesota. Detroit so to Lakes, get away from the heat, Minnesota to get away from the heat, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, nighttime, fifty-five. Yeah, and uh, of course, hardly anybody up there has air conditioning. You don't need it, right? You know, you open the windows at night and it's fifty-five degrees for right. goodness' sake. All you need is screens on the windows because they do have mosquitoes up there, right? And she said that they've been, you know, heat indexed, you know, well over a hundred. <laughs> And, and so everybody's on the phone saying, is your bed taken? You know, calling people yeah. that have air conditioning. Yeah. You know, the few that do. Hey, geez, you got an open bed. You got, you got an open bed? Dude, I'd be going to Home Depot and get me a window unit. <laughs> I can promise you right now. Uh, you know, and that's so funny because people always talk about Florida being so hot. Dude, on the coast. Never hot. It's never hot. No. I mean, uh, I mean seriously. I mean, I've been fishing all the week. The coolest and- place with this heat wave that's gone across the or went across it's the Florida. country. Yeah. Yeah. It's Florida. <laughs> That's fantastic. You're listening to the Hunt Life, show, Hunt Life Outdoor Show with me, Jeff Logham, and Kevin Favor, and take a little break here. And uh, seriously, folks, if anybody in Boone, Iowa has got a place for us to come yeah. hunt here. Yeah, right. I told you. I looked at it. I was like, Boone, Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back. Connection. America's That's what number life one really camel pattern just got I'm Major that. Harding, president all of Hunt Life. And finish. At HuntLife.com, we've created a place for you to connect with those who share your passion for the hunting experience. With a free HuntLife.com membership, you'll be able to swap stories, information, and insight with hunters from all over the world. You'll find useful information on equipment, outfitters, and all the regs and red tape for your neck of the woods. At HuntLife.com, you can even keep a journal of your hunt straight from your mobile device and upload pictures of your latest and greatest hunting experiences. You can even flip on the radio and hear the latest episode of the Hunt Life Outdoor Show while you browse through all the great stuff we've got in the Hunt Life shop. Hats, shirts, decals, and more. Become a member. It's fast, easy, and absolutely free. And join the online fraternity of hunters. Connect with us at HuntLife.com. America's number one camo pattern just got better. All new breakup infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of field. Twelve years of research give it unequal, effective design. Together, they break up Hunter's outline like never before. 
Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Break up infinity for Mossy Oak. It's not a passion. It's an obsession. There was the explosion. And I remember just opening my eyes and it got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery. And What's going to happen next? The Wounded Warrior Project said, look, brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit woundedwarriorproject.org. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And it's me, Jeff Logham, along with Kevin Faber, uh, Kirk Waltz, taking Saturday off, and he's uh, doing other things. You're probably getting ready for his no, deer he's, season. He's he's at his lease. Is he? He's that, up there at his, in the woods. That's where. Yep, because he didn't he didn't want to he, he didn't want to uh, work in midday. No, and I don't blame him. You know, and he's like, man, can I take Saturday off? I'm like, dude, that's what we do this time of that, year. Hey, so that's, that's right. Everybody's got to have their work yeah. weekend. And, you know, last week, and I, you know, we hunt in Georgia, not only Georgia. I mean, yeah. You, Indiana, you're in Indiana and Kansas, and where else are you going? Nebraska, Nebraska, and Kentucky. You know, Kirk's going to Kentucky. Yeah, Kirk's going to Kentucky. Uh, and anyway, uh, and seriously, we'd love to come to Boone Isle with anybody listening on KWBG there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> just dropping that in again. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, but I mean, it, you know, last weekend when I was at my place, you know, typically this time of year you're looking at you know 90s. You know, heat indexes, you know, in the triple digits. You got so flippin' lucky, How about, dude. did you like I, it? I, I was so <laughs> mad. I, I was like going, you gotta be kidding me, dude. It was in the 60s uh, at hey, night. Hey, I'm, I'm on the way up there on Thursday morning. And, and it's pretty warm on that, that Thursday. Yeah, I'm, I know, cause I was mowing. Yeah, so I pulled yeah. up the uh, forecast and it said 90 something for that day. And I said, yeah, you know. And I looked at the uh, the ten day forecast, and I wasn't looking for ten days. All I was looking for was for the four day forecast. Right. And and I went, this is this is this can't be right. <laughs> this, this can't be right. I know. Because you know, it was saying that it was going to cool off, and I was like, yeah, whatever. That's you know, yeah, that somebody means just yeah, yeah, somebody just pulling my chain. And sure enough, the next day on Friday, I think the high was eighty three, eighty four. Which you know, in that part of the world, that's man, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's ten degrees less than what it might normally be. And then, so it was like eighty three, eighty four on a Friday, and then on Saturday, I think the high at one. It was like three o'clock in the afternoon at seventy eight degrees. No way. Yeah, that's so crazy. Overcast. I was 78. so mad. I was going, golly, and, and you know, and it was, and I had charters. You know, Saturday and Sunday, so the cold front came through here, yep. and 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 it was rubber, raining, rubber and, and blowing. Oh and yeah, and and I was fishing Saturday and Sunday, you know, just trying to, you know, get all your rain gear on. You're getting the snot beat out of you because with the guys that I had, they're going, brother. You know, because they they had flown down from Chicago, Atlanta, and Alabama from three different places, mm-hmm. so they're like, dude, we're fishing. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And so so you can imagine, Jeff, on a Saturday, how many people normally fish. Thousands. Oh yeah, we're the only boat out there. Okay? Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and, but, and, nasty and I'm thinking sheep. about you the whole oh, time. I'm going, you got to be kidding me, man. And then the last day that that we worked, I think it was uh, when I when I left, and uh, I mean, I, I actually went and visited with my neighbors and sitting on the front porch with uh, with with Jerry Jerry Powell, and the temperature was like 83. It was a nice dry breeze, and it was nice. And I was just going, oh, this is wonderful. Yeah, you know, and you, you typically you can't work a 12-hour day no in way. the woods when it's you know normal summertime heat. Yeah. 
we had no problems. We we you know still drank plenty of water still. Yep. And and you know the best part of of going to the hunting camp is at in the evening relaxing, eating, hanging out. Yep. And the the first night we had some leftover steak, and so me and Scotty made something pretty quick and easy: steak and eggs. Uh huh. And then the the next night I brought up you know like to eat what you shoot. You know I brought up some venison cube steak, and brother James said, "Man, you got cube steak." I'm like, "Yeah." He says, "Let me cook it." I said. Knock, yeah, go knock ahead. Yourself out. yeah, I'd yeah. love for you to cook. And so he whooped up some uh cube uh pan fried uh cube venison cube steak uh-huh. and then made a brown gravy with the drippings, mm-hmm. had some rice, had some biscuits, mm-hmm. had some green beans with a real hot barbecue sauce. Son. That's good stuff. Son, and then Saturday night. Me and James were still working on the equipment, and the other two that were up there, Scotty and Steve, had finished up what they were going to do, and so they slip on down to the pond, throw out the hot dogs on the fishing poles, (laughs) and catch a nice big tub of catfish. And if anybody doesn't like to eat catfish, there's something wrong with you. And ended up, you know, skinning them, heading them, gutting them, and frying them whole. Mm -hmm. And we had fried catfish, cheese grits. And what else do we have? We had a, a vegetable. To nice. Boot to. Oh, man. That's work weekend right there. Man. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Yep. So even though we worked our tails off and probably sweated and lost weight, well, we we replenished the calories at night. Good. Then had to eat with my neighbor, Miss Jewel, oh. for lunch on Friday. Yeah, there's some more calories. You know, and, and you know what? The, the, the folks that live on the farm, man, they just know how to cook. You know, and Miss bro- Jewel and Emmett were born and raised in that area. And and dinner, which is lunch, uh-huh. what a lot of people call lunch, they call it dinner. Uh-huh. She had homemade fried chicken, homemade potato salad with potatoes she grew in the garden, and the onions <laughs> that were in it. Cream corn, which the Silver Queen sweet corn was grown out there yeah. in, in a couple rows in his big center pivots. And then had field peas, green beans, everything was grown in the garden. Not to mention hoe cake, which if, for those that don't know what hoe cake is, hoe cake is a, a cornmeal with water mixture, and all it is is flatbread cornbread yeah. that's real crispy. Mm-hmm. Biscuits, of course, you know, Damn. with gobs of honey on top of it. <laughs> and then to top it off, she had baked a fresh velvet cake that morning. It's sick. That 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 <sighs> she, that, that place is is sick. Sw- and sweet tea to boot. Yeah. Hey. One other, uh, get off, because you've been talking about food. And, I'm terrible. Yeah, I know. You're, yeah, you, you kind of get off the track. This also is the time of year, um, to see what you have on your property. Yeah, speaking of that. You know, and, um, trail uh, cameras. Uh, trail cameras. And, and I mean, like, like today, I'm going to stop and, and probably grab, you know, five or six pounds, five or six bags of 50 pound of, of corn. Um, you know, put my trail cams out. Pour me a big old pile and, and, and start seeing, you know, you can, you can really take a inventory of your, of your fawns. You can start seeing the bucks. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I did, you know, I left my trail cams out last, um, since May. And when I went up last week, I could see, you know, a lot of my bucks starting to grow. Um, and, and saw, saw some spots. Starting to grow? Yeah, I saw some spots. All right, spot, you know, I, I got to tell the story because, you know, okay. I mean, you're, you're talking about doing something that, you know, we all love to do. Yeah. And the day that I happened to be going up for my work week last week, <laughs> uh, I get a text from you, and it's a picture of a fantastic buck. Yeah. And I know that you go to 
Kansas with Kevin Tiemann and and he's always sending me trail cam. always sending you trail cam pictures and then you go to Indiana and all those places and so when I I got a text of a picture of a deer from you and and didn't have anything to go along with just the picture uh-huh. no text and I'm looking at the picture as I'm just about pulling in the gate and I go wow that is a great buck he's got to get that from Kevin from Kansas so I texted you back and my reply was simple. Yeah. Kansas question mark. And then <laughs> two minutes after I sent that the phone rings and it's you and it's not a Kansas buck. This is a this is a Georgia buck. Yeah. I'm a fantastic buck. And Unbelievable. Here, here you know, then this is July. Which you I know, you know August and and this thing's still got a month before it gets hard horned, so he's got a month of growing up. He is a giant. Yeah. Start and he's got the makings of a drop tie and his left side has got something going on. What a buck! He's he's incredible, and 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 if you, you know, it, the cool thing about about trail cams is that you kind of start looking at okay, what are their ages? This buck's this buck's six and a half years old, all day. I mean, simply for the fact that he's got the huge belly, he's got the gullet up front. I mean, mm-hmm. if you if you start looking at him, um, he, he you know, he, he has just all of the makings of a six and a half year old, which is is his prime. And, and you know, honestly, Jeff, we don't see a whole lot of bucks like that. They get to that age, uh, you know, in, in, in our neck of the woods. And that's just, uh, I mean, he's, I, I that's one reason that, that I'm, I'm, because I had pulled all my trail cams out mm-hmm. because I was going to put fresh batteries in and, and Jeff, they had been there since, since May. Okay. It's, it's the middle of July and they had already been up since turkey season because we had them in our food pots. We just left them up. Yeah. I didn't expect any of my batteries to be any good, honestly. Mm-hmm. And and they all took pictures of me when I was walking up to them. So I was going, man. Still going. Yeah. All right. So my, my first question is when you say that you've had them up you know, since May and they're still rolling, what are they? What kind of what kind yeah, of cameras? Yeah, what kind of cameras? Because, I mean. Two, 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 two cameras that I have, a covert and a scout guard. And, and, and they're basically made in the same place. Um, and they're, they're little tiny cameras. They're run on double A batteries, six double A batteries. Uh, and, and dude, they'll last six months. Wow. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it, they're, they are, they are incredible on batteries. Um, and, 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 you know, well, again, you saw the nighttime pictures. Um, you know, they, they, they take great pictures and, and those coverts are, are not that expensive. They're, you know, 120 bucks. Yeah. That's a great price. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, that's the, cause you know, for, I mean, that's a lot of people this time of year, you know, I, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but has your mailbox, you know, the catalog is starting oh, I, to hit it. I, I, I got it sitting in my, in my, you know, special room. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The catalogs <laughs> are all starting to flow in. Yeah. You know, including, you know, if you're one of Cabela's special I got customers, one of those. you get the hardback. I got those. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Which means you spend a lot of money with Cabela's. Yeah. <laughs> they send you the the whole encyclopedia catalog that's all hardback, you know, leather bound, whatever right. it is. You know, that means that you probably ought to cut back on spending money with them. But I, I, I mean, I, I get them all. I mean, the redheads, the Cabela's. You know, the one I just got is a hunter's guide, hunter sportsman. Man, he, he, they got some great prices. Yeah, and that, that's why I was asking because, yeah. you know, I don't know if you noticed, all of the new trail cameras are all in the catalog. Yeah. And people now are starting to think of which ones to buy and uh, cut it well, back, you know, whatever. Well, we'll talk about that we'll, when we come back real we quick. We will. Yeah, okay. Here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with me, Jeff Logman, and Kevin Faber. You can tell a lot about a person just by looking at them. What they wear speaks volumes as to who they are and where they stand on a number of things. 
from their favorite team or the place they like to eat to what they really believe in. I'm Major Harding, president of Hunt Life. When you see someone wearing a Hunt Life shirt or hat, you'll know some things about them right away. You'll know they're passionate about the outdoors. You'll know they invest time and energy and funds into preserving and protecting wildlife because they care about it. You'll know that they enjoy sharing the hunting experience with everyone they can. And you'll know that, for them, hunting isn't a hobby, it's a way of life. If you're a hunter, it's time you told the world what kind of person you are. Visit HuntLife.com and browse the hunt shop for hats and shirts and decals and more. And while you're there, become a member. It's fast, easy, and absolutely free. And you'll connect with a world of people who share your feelings about hunting. Take aim with Hunt Life. Since the first days at Mossy Oak, we've been about getting close to critters. That's what drove us to create Original Breakup more than 12 years ago. Today we're doing it again with all new Breakup Infinity. Six layers of detail give it great depth of field. 12 years of research give it unequaled effective design. Hey, check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camel pattern, just got better. Let fish and wildlife biologist Scotty Brown's 25 years of experience work for your property with Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management. They help landowners on developing and managing properties where recreational fishing and or hunting is the priority. Their lake management services include fish population sampling, electrofishing, water analysis, vegetation establishment or reduction, lake design or renovation, and long-term management strategies for your water body's future. Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management installs and repairs aeration systems, fountains, fish and game feeders, and their own design, Forever Tree Fish Attractors. They're experts in keeping small public water bodies and retention ponds in housing developments and golf courses working properly. So if you're looking to improve your property's aquatic resources, call Scotty Brown at Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management at 214-383-3223. That's 214-383-3223. I've been a member of the Federation for 18 years. Federation stands for good stewardship of the resources and preserving our hunting heritage through those efforts, I want my kids to be able to enjoy the same privilege that I have. My father joined the Federation for me, and I've done the same for my children. Jakes, women in the outdoors, and wheeling sportsmen, they want to be the best conservation organization in the world. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And welcome back, and uh, Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Faber here. You know, Kevin, we're, we're talking about truck cameras, but yes. before we do, I actually got a text uh, during a commercial break there from, you know, my cohort from last week's work uh, in the woods, and Scotty Brown, who brought up a great point to me, said, hey, don't forget about this. And when placing stands, whether it be new or, if you you know, putting up new stands or moving stands, mm-hmm. you know, tweaking them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and because you always want to tweak them, right? Oh yeah, to get them in that right spot. And uh, Scotty made a great point in that having multiple sets of eyes to not only find the perfect location for a stand, but then also once the stand, you kind of all come to an agreement on okay, this tree is probably the best because you can see this, this, and this, and here's the cover for you that. You seen the Mossy Oak commercial? 
Yeah. With, well, with, with cuz and, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and no, 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 you gotta put it over here. No, no, no. You know, so that's what kind of what it reminds and, and, me and of. And then, you know what? It was, it, yeah. was, it was perfect because, you know, it was me and Scotty and James and Steve and, and, and Steve, you know, he was there to help, man, and God bless him. He worked his rear end off. Right. But, but, you know, the three of me, James and Scotty were the ones who really were climbing the stands and taking a look. And we really all got a good look at each tree we wanted to put a stand on or, and then also once we got it there to have each one climb the stand and take a look at the sight lines and see what you wanted to trim and what you didn't want to trim. Right. And, and, and here's another one for you that most people don't think of because there's, there's basically five of us hunting. It's myself, Roger, and and my family, uh, Colt, Kayla, and, and Carrie. Okay, I'm left-handed. Yeah, and it makes a big difference, brother, when you're setting a stand up. Mm-hmm. If you're left-handed or right-handed, and don't think it does it, because there are so many stands, literally, that we have that I can't hunt, because if you have to twist a certain way, you know, like take for example, Jeff, when you're when it, you, you and I hunt a lot of fifth rows, okay. If you put that stand on the left side of that fifth row, okay, and and you're talking about a you know planted a, a, a pine planted plantation, pine, yeah, planted you know, so it's pretty much a straight alleyway. Right, and and if you're hunting on the 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 west side, or I'm sorry, the east side of it for a prevailing northwest wind, mm-hmm. I can't I can't hardly help that stand because I can't twist that yeah, far. The way. Yeah, because because I have to shoot with my left shoulder. Or now it's easier bow hunting. Because I could stand up and, and, and turn, but most of the time with a rifle, you want the rest. So those are things you have yeah. to think about too, you know, and, yep. and, and when you're cutting shooting lanes, you know, because a lot of times if you're right-handed or left-handed, you know, you're, you're, you're up there. So when we set a stand, we really have to look at left-handed you know, shooter. Yeah, we, right-handed we, shooter. Yep, and, 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 and tweak it for right-handed and left-handed. Yeah, you got screwed up for everybody. <laughs> I know. I know, but that's it's it's the truth because there there are certain stands that we have that are permanent stands that are so good and we you know, we it's like we've seen so many deer and I, I basically, you know, unless I'm bow hunting, um I can't I can't rifle hunt out of them because I can't turn around far enough to mm-hmm. to get to get the gun on my left shoulder. Yeah, maybe the greatest tree ever. For a ladder stand that we found is, is an oak tree. Uh-huh. It's got all them suckers growing out of it. Uh-huh. You know, down low. Yeah. And what will you put up in there? And you just kind of almost, all you do is trim the branches to get that blade up against the tree. Yeah. And then once you get it kind of up in the tree and secured, then you just trim little, little pockets out. Uh-huh. You know, where you're just hidden in that perfect oak tree that's got all those branches, you know, right at, you know, 11, 14 feet, however tall the stand is. Those are absolutely perfect. Yeah, the 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 best stand we have, which we call the Whopper stand, is is just that way. And it looks that's where Kayla killed her deer last year. It backs up into a huge oak tree, and then there's just a, a you know you're 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 hunting down fifth rows, cut fifth rows, and and it you can't see it. No, I mean you can't see it. The deer come right on top of you, and and it's on the again it's on the east side of the cut fifth row. So you got a prevailing west northwest wind most of the time. And it's it's phenomenal. You yeah, sit up there and watch animals all day. The other thing that that we really looked for, and, and we were able to to do this with uh, probably about two, I think maybe three stands that we have, is with those ladder stands. If we could find a really good location, and you, first of all, you want the best location. Mm-hmm. But then if you if you got <laughs> yeah, some, well, I mean, I'm I'm talking about because what I'm leaning at here is that when. We would set a, we would want a stand in an area. When I say an area, you know, a 10 yard area. Mm-hmm. 
And so this little 10 yard area has got, you know, multiple trees. Which tree is the best tree? And so, you know, cover, sight lines is, you know, what you're looking at the best. But the one thing that we really found with a couple of stands that we were able to do is that we had, uh, two trees right close to each other, whether they be pines or oaks or whatever. And what we were able to do was to take the stand and attach it to one tree, mm-hmm. but then have the side of the stand actually up against the other tree. And so by having two trees close together like that, it gave you cover, yeah. back cover, more back cover. But then it also gave us a, a chance to anchor the stand to another lo- another spot. Right. And so so it words, really doesn't You had the move. ratchet strap in the back or right. on the tree that it was leaning against, but then we would have a rope going from the tree that it was leaning against on the side to, to really kind of tighten it up. Right. To where it, it had no side to side give, and boy, that that man, when you got a stand that you can you it's can rock stand solid. in and it's rock solid, yep. boy, does that give you confidence? Well, especially bow hunting, you know, to to be able to to stand up, you know, because a lot of times, you know, we use climbers, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 when you're bow hunting out of a climber, it it can be tough. It man. can be a challenge. It, it can be it can be an absolute challenge. It you can know, be most a challenge. because you're you got your safety harness up here and you're, a lot of times you're trying to twist around and turn around yeah it's hard man all right so the uh the trail cameras yeah the trail cameras we, we got to touch on that uh, absolutely um you know and and and, and i'll tell you the the other one that we have that has been a fantastic camera is a moultrie um and 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 i'll be very honest with you i've had the cutty backs and and i've I've had nothing but bad luck with them. Um, uh, you know what, Kevin? That's what I have. Yeah. Uh, so the old ones, the ones that were square. Yeah. That uh, the flash cameras. Man, they eat batteries. Yeah. Oh, it was so ridiculous. Terrible. The newer ones, not the new ones that they have out now, right. because those are completely different. The ones that are that were rectangular were the ones that ate batteries. But then they came out the ones I think it was the Excite, which was yep. rectangular and it had the little V at the bottom. Yep. Those actually handle batteries great, and it's got a little dial. It's simple. Yep, it you was know, simple. Even we, I could use. We it. we had one of those too. Yeah, and those were were fantastic, and have had very good luck with them. Uh, I haven't tried a lot of the, the. I haven't tried any of the Primos ones, and I know Loophole actually has one coming out this summer. I haven't seen it yet. I, I haven't. Well, it's in all the magazines. Yeah, is it? Oh yeah, it's in all the magazines. Okay, the Redhead magazine I was looking in the other day didn't uh, have. Yeah, look at your Cabela's. They're they're they are. They I are, haven't opened up the Encyclopedia Britannica <laughs> Cabela's catalog. That y- I have y- exactly, they they are in there, and and um, I have been in contact with with Lou Pold, as a matter of fact, and you and I are supposed to get a camera because yeah, so we can field test it. So we can field test it because mm-hmm. Jeff, seriously, we do. I mean, I, I I obviously I've run trail cameras all year now, and and I I mean I'm, you know. When it comes to trail cameras, mm-hmm. you know, we have found the ones that work, and, and, and I'm telling you, the ones that we have are not expensive cameras. No. You know, I, now, I haven't used any of the really expensive cameras, the, what, Stealths, and um, what's the one Dr. Grant Woods uses? Reconics. Uh, Reconics. Those are expensive. Dude, I mean, I I can buy three of my cameras to those one. Yeah, just a, a real quick uh, caution note here for those that are looking to buy trail cameras. The more the price doesn't necessarily mean the better the camera. No. And just remember one thing also. You don't need to pay the high dollar to get the higher pixels. All you're looking for is just general, a picture. A picture. Yeah. You don't, you don't need a photographic, you know, professional quality picture. No. Out no, of your uh, trail camera. Uh, infrared and, and, and color daytime and, and, and then nighttime pictures and you're good. Yep. You're, you're listening good. to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with me, Jeff Logan, and Kevin Favor. When we come back, we're going to talk a little ethanol for your, for your, you know, marine engines. We come back. 
As a hunter, we all know that perfect morning. You wake up early before the sun, you have a cup of coffee, grab some snacks, and start towards your stand. You have waited for this morning all year. The wind's perfect, the temperature's just right, and the bucks are in full rut. You sit in the dark, straining your ears for any little noise. The sun finally starts to filter through the trees, then it happens. A doe comes by you on a fast trot. You immediately clip your release to your bow because you know he is coming. You hear a loud grunt and see antlers. It's a buck, a big buck. You stand up trying not to concentrate on the antlers. Your hands are shaking. You can't control the trembling in your knees. You draw the bow back praying the buck continues down the trail. But as big bucks do, he turns. Your heart sinks. You have a decent shot, but not one you're comfortable with. You decide to let him go. Even though you're disappointed, you can't help but think just how cool that was. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel. That's why they started Hunt Life, so we can share our outdoor experiences with each other. If you know this feeling, visit HuntLife.com, because Hunt Life knows it's all about the outdoor experience. You want to get really close to critters this fall? Then you'll have to try all-new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. 12 years of research give it unequaled, effective design. Together, they represent the most dramatic, high-tech leap in the history of camo. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camo pattern just got better. We know the future of hunting depends on our nation's youth. But did you know that in many states, it's illegal for you to take your son or daughter hunting until the age of 12 or even older. As a result, we have fewer young hunters, and the Families of Field program is designed to eliminate those barriers. Hunting is safe, and the safest hunters of field are young people with adult mentors. Visit our website at familiesoffield.org to find out how you can bring more families afield. Now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. All right, you know, that's enough of the hunt and talk. You know, let, let's talk a little. Really? A little yeah, well, <laughs> you never get tired of it. But, but let's let's talk a little summertime fishing and how it relates to marine outboards and motors. Uh-huh. Uh, a couple weeks ago on the local portion of our show, we had had a guy by the name of Brett Elrod to talk about ethanol fuel in marine motors. Right. And we really learned a lot and wanted to, to bring this up here with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show because a lot of it applies to those outdoorsmen that this time of year, they're on the water. Mm-hmm. And he talked from great experience about having worked on marine motors that have had problems due to ethanol fuel. And he made recommendations mm-hmm. and wanted to share it with those people because, you know, hey, look, you know, the guys that is in Boone, Iowa, or in Kentucky, or Nebraska, or Kansas, or wherever, is just like uh, just like me, not not you, because you use your boat a ton. Right. But he uses the boat sparingly, and then, you know, when it comes to the fall, it's time to hit the woods, and it's cold, and you're not using the boat. And so, do you buy ethanol gas to put in your marine motor? And his first thing was, if you can get ethanol-free gas for your marine motor, even if it costs more, by all means, buy it. And, and the other thing that he talked about, Jeff, is like your lawn equipment. Your, small your, motors. Your, your small motors, your weed eaters, your, 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 obviously your lawnmowers. Blowers, the trimmers, back, hedgers, because chainsaws. Because they sit there. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. When they, he, he said because the ethanol attracts water. Mm-hmm. 
don't ask me chemically how that happens, but that's what he's, you know, that's what ethanol does. And he said it's the, it's the accumulation of water that comes from ethanol and the passing of the water through the motor is where the problems begin. So he said, look, if you're a small motor guy, use ethanol free gas. I know some gas stations around our area here are now carrying ethanol free yes. gas for, for obviously the small engines and then also for the boaters. The, the boaters. Uh, he said the second thing that he would do besides buying ethanol-free gas, even though it costs a little bit more, he said number two would be is that, that have a fuel water separator that leads to the motor. Mm-hmm. And he said that could save you thousands of dollars. And he said, and change those regularly, which, uh, you know, that made me go and change mine. Absolutely. On the I got mine changed already. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did in January. And, uh, and he said, uh, storing fuel, tr- you know, try to run as much, uh, run the boat as often as you can. Start it up once a week. Sure. You know, so just some tips there when it comes to marine motors, small engine motors. Uh, and hey, I know a lot of folks that are listening to us grow corn and I'm, hey, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm all for you making money on your corn and, and inviting us to deer hunt. And invite us to deer hunt. <laughs> but, but when it comes to small motors and marine motors, find a way to get ethanol free gas. Yep. It's going to save you a ton of money down the road. Just a couple tips from a master mechanic who has to deal with ethanol and marine engines on a daily basis. Fun. So anyway. Another exciting edition yeah. of Life Outdoor Show. Yes, it is. Absolutely. I'm, and I'm, you know what it means? I'm going to the woods. It means one week closer to deer season. <laughs> I know. It ain't far away. No, it's not. Absolutely But not. in the meantime, folks, catch a lot of fish. Yeah. Take the kid fishing at the old farm pond or in the river or in the, ocean. or in the lake or in the ocean, wherever you may be. And we'll talk to everybody next week right here with Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Thank you for listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Be sure to check out the very latest in the hunt life by logging on to huntlife.com. The Hunt Life Outdoor Show is a product of Hunt Life Productions. Copyright 2011.